Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Chef Furious Radio, and it is now time for the Health Moment, brought to you by The Healthy Way in Messina, New York. And as always with us is our guest, Andrew Miles Larsh. Good afternoon, Andrew. And that's the ring of the bell, folks. <laughs> How you doing? Good, buddy. Uh, doing really good. And um, What do you got for us today? Doing the raw milk uh, therapy and uh, raw milk fasting today. Uh, so first off, um, Andrew Larsh, I'm a naturopathic doctor, raw food nutritionist, herbalist, certified holistic health practitioner, and uh, in school right now for a doctorate in clinical nutrition. Uh, coming to you from Healthy Way in Messina, New York. And uh, if anybody ever needs to, you can come schedule an appointment, uh, sit down with me for an hour. It's $45 for the hour. I also do house calls. I even teach people how to shop. Um, Go through the house even for folks if they need to figure out what's causing what, if they're having skin allergies and irritations. uh, You can go through. um, I've done this for a few people where we go through around the house and mark clients, toxicities, exposures, uh, household products, soaps, deodorant, shampoos, conditioners, toothpaste, things of that nature. Teach them how to read labels, um, especially we, we do that while we shop. Um, house calls all the way up to as far as, I mean, I've been to Ohio for people, uh, you know, two, three days. Wow. Um, I go down to um, New Jersey. Um, where else have I been? Uh, definitely pretty much all over New York. Um, but anyway, that and um, doing classes right now, starting that up. On, How's that going? Well, I'm starting them on Monday. You haven't been doing them, right? No. Yeah, I, I start doing classes typically in May or June, and then I finish them up uh, usually around October or November when the snow starts. So I do like 25 to 30 classes. Um, so those will start Monday at 6 p.m. at Healthy Way. It's $5. Just walk in. doesn't matter. Um, I usually have two or three regulars and then i get like uh, sporadically every week i'll get some new people uh here and there so and i else. haven't i haven't taken your class yet just to be honest with everybody well it's just all it is is really a um uh, we do different topics every week so one week will be maybe vaccines and then another week it'll be uh germ theory or terrain theory uh you know it's really it varies uh and then of course too people bring loads of questions so it's all interactive so um pretty much we just set that up right at healthy way around six and uh, we go till probably around like 7.15 or 7.30, depending on how the class is. Um, but, yeah. so And are they different from our discussions here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're more, um, I mean, for the most part, I talk a lot more like off. I, I can say more things. I mean, not to say that I don't say a lot of things yeah. on here, but I can say more things. Um, well, obviously, I can gear everything towards the person, oh, like yeah, especially yeah. who's sitting in front of me. Um, but I guess I could, I could probably say more things too that I like, I wouldn't say on the air as opposed to, um, like what I can say in class because, um, kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, medical advice, this and that. And the other thing, well, I can really kind of not say that I'm doing that, but, um, Mm -hmm. I can give direct remedies, remedies, healings, um, and, uh, you know, kind of general advice, uh, even though I more like to suggest, uh, things than say you know do this do that it's always up to the person obviously uh they're the ones that are healing themselves and that's the whole point of this um so the the raw milk fasting um i want to get to that here yes i couldn't wait for this this was a an awesome topic and so we announced class uh so next um yeah so actually just uh, to get into start off the raw milk um topic here i don't know if you saw that rotten documentary that just came out on netflix but anyway, I wanted to hit that just for a second. Um, speaking of hit, 
uh, I took it kind of as a hit piece a little bit on raw milk, and uh, because of course they had to do the, you know, the dark and the light of raw milk. Uh-huh. And there's a lady on there that she goes, you know, the, the people on there are saying how how healing raw milk was, and of course there's tens of, I mean, I I got 30 books at home, on you know different things that raw milk has healed. I mean, I've got a book right in front of me where a guy did 42 years of raw milk healing in a sanitarium. And then, of course, I've got the book, The Untold Story of Milk. And J.D. Crew, who was a raw milk, uh, he started, Dr. J.D. Crew started the Mayo Clinic, one of them, and he used raw milk in his sanitariums, and he was healing everything. You know, and the doctors the doctors coming out of school were so offended it was that easy to heal diseases that they, what did we just go to school for eight years for? So um, this guy, this, this I don't know who it was, but uh, he's on there, and, uh, you know, like a food scientist or doctor, who knows, I don't know. Uh, but he was listing all the things that you know could go wrong with raw milk and how it could kill you and this mm-hmm. and that and then this one lady comes on she goes well raw milk's all fun and games basically until some until your baby dies oh, <laughs> and i'm like so unbelievable yeah. and i wanted to say first things first i say like, everything that you're saying that there's no science behind raw milk mm-hmm. uh and uh, that healing things and there's no evidence of it i'm like is unbelievably unbelievably ignorant mm-hmm. and uh so I wrote down some notes on this. So the the, the rotten documentary it covers uh, basically how farmers are being, their uh, dairies are being pushed out and profits uh, are uh, going down the drain because well the CAFO feedlot farming the processed food industry the yeah. processed oils industry, um, so the organic and biodynamic farm life uh, teaches real life tactics and responsibilities and how to live in a world by problem solving. So how to live within nature and learning how to provide for oneself with one's own food. Uh, raw pastured and grass-fed milk dairy was a perfect and stable business, the family business. Perfect foods providing for the family and the neighborhood. The processed foods industry, the vegan, plant oil, and sugar industries have literally pushed out the raw dairy farms. The CAFO feedlot farms have made highly processed milks that poison the populations, encourage disease, and cause inflammation. Pasteurized milk, CAFO feedlot milks, and CAFO, just to clarify, means concentrated animal feedlot organizations. Um, so that's the corn, soy, grains, where oh, they yeah. take the animals, they pen them up, and they don't never they never see pasture in their lives. Uh, so uh, cattle feedlots, slop milk, and processed foods industries have destroyed the helpful raw milk industry. The driving down of milk prices has also destroyed farms by the processed foods industry, pushing dairies and true perfect helpful foods that give vibrant life out of business. Factory farms have made milk toxic and poisonous. Also, the government, who's owned by Big Pharma, does not want healthy food supply and healthy old world organic organic foods like raw milk and the local raw milk delivery. It would be such an incredible thing if we brought back legal raw milk to all 50 states based off of actual perfect investigative and empirical science showing how absolutely perfect and healing raw grass-fed, hay-fed, pastured milk is. The processed foods industry contaminated the milk industry. Industrial CAFO milk rose in the late 1800s and into the early 1900s, destroying the health of thousands, and pasteurization in the early 30s made milk even more toxic, preserving, sterilizing, denaturizing the milk, which would cause rapid detoxification. We have lost our connection to nature by industrialization, agrochemicals, and monocropping food industries. And just to... Um, this is these are my notes after I watched this documentary. So I said, let's, uh, let's look at the perfection of raw milk and how it is literally impossible impossible to ever get sick or poisoned by raw and pastured grass-fed milk nature's most perfect food and then just a side note also the lame brain propagandized scientist who was planted into that documentary uh while behind his filming scenes in this documentary it's you can check it out it's on netflix check out the the raw milk uh the milk portion the dairy portion is they were making synthetic strawberry children's milk right behind this guy 
uh, as he's talking in his notes. And uh, he's seen claiming there are no known benefits to drinking raw milk, while later 10 farmers and a bunch of raw milk consumers in the documentary are commenting on the health benefits experienced. You know, just, <laughs> just in the documentary in a, in a one-hour video. Now i got to renew my Netflix uh, to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so I'll cover that. Uh, they're pushing germ theory the entire video while describing death by milk, which occurred in big cities. So if you read the book, this is this this here's a story. So the untold story of milk. This book is an amazing book. Mm -hmm. But if you'll find out that every single one of those deaths, these these children's deaths, uh, they were due to food poisoning via diarrhea, but it was caused by whiskey and other beverage distillery leftovers. Uh, being in the factory feedlot dairy operations, these cows were treated so inhumanely. They were fed all the leftovers from the whiskey distilleries, uh, you know, all the processed sludge that came off of the fermenting whisk to create whiskey. The cows were treated so inhumanely, they lived one tenth their normal lifespan. They lived on concrete for their entirety, okay? Uh, and they left they, were, they lived in stalls. Uh, they didn't go out of those stalls. They were completely unsanitary. And while the food they ate was all superheated, it was toxic food sludge that was a byproduct of alcoholic beverage production. Plus, they ate processed food byproducts on top of that uh, so to pump out milk. You know, mm -hmm. and they 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 flooded them with drugs, chemicals to get make sure that they had uh, ample amounts of milk. So the milk came out so toxic. It was so watery. It was it had no cream in it. It was blue. The milk came out blue. Literally, it was that toxic. Um, it smelled disgusting in farming. I don't know if you've ever had really bad, like, smelled milk before that's ever been farming, but if it comes right off the farm, sometimes it, the milk's not clean, it'll smell that mm -hmm. way. It's, uh, it was full of manure, and it had toxic debris in it, and it was fed to infants. So I don't know what you expect there. Yeah. Um, it, it was effectively killing them by rapid intestin intestinal poisoning, and they died by colic, you know. Uh, then raw milk from the country was shipped in, and death rates dropped immediately thanks to some intelligent doctors. But propaganda doctors and industrialists started pushing the germ theory and pasteurization mechanized farming. Uh, so which, and that was a real gold mine of money and another way to control nature's most perfect food, plus the farmer. And it, the farmer, uh, they took top-down control of the milk supplies throughout the entire country. So a book to check out is The Untold Story of Milk. It's an unbelievably brilliant book. I'd say that and The Milk Diet. If you wanted to learn about raw milk, The Untold Story of Milk, uh, that book is by uh, Ron Schmidt and uh, S-C-H-M-I-D-T, I believe, Schmidt. Um, and uh, the untold story of milk, and then the other book is the milk diet. Uh, and if you're looking for learning how to raw milk fast, and I'm I'm talking heal everything, uh, this book, the milk diet, you can heal HIV, AIDS, uh, you know, toxicities of drugs. Um, you can heal uh, cancers, autoimmune disorders, uh, easy diseases. You know, um, your your inflammations, your arthritis, um, things like that. But uh, people who have uh, cavities, mm -hmm. uh, they want to heal cavities, do a raw milk fast. Um, you know, with the cream, uh, a lot of times you do some raw unsalted butter. Mm. And of course, too, um, you know, if you're looking for raw milk and you're trying to find sources of it, you can go right here in the local area to uh, J, right up near, right outside of Lake Placid, which is J, New York, and that's the Sugar House Creamery. So that's about a 50, 60 minute drive from here. Um, and then there's uh, in Keysville, New York, right outside of Plattsburgh, there's a dairy called North Country Creamery and they're excellent. Both both Sugar House Creamery and uh, uh, North Country Creamery are both pastured, grass-fed grass and uh, North Country Creamery is all hay all winter and 
the J New York, I believe they do hay for like eight months, well, grass eight, eight, nine months out of the year. And then for like three months, they supplement hay with a little bit of like uh, corn and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's non-GMO and it's not sprayed. Oh, yeah. So they're clean. Um, the real test is if you get raw milk and you let it sit in the fridge, it should take about four to six weeks to go sour. Okay, uh-huh. and when it goes sour, it's still safe. It's absolutely completely safe. It's just fermenting. That's all. It's turning into like a, what you would call like kefir or yogurt, like a version of it. Uh, but if you get milk that's been corn and soy fed, like example that blue milk, oh, yeah. that stuff would have been bad. That stuff would have went sour in probably a couple of days. And actually, um, I've had milk from there was one there's one raw dairy around here that I had their milk and it went bad in a week. And of course, I had questioned them beforehand and yeah. really investigated what was going on. Um, it was a matter of fact, it was Gold Top Dairy in Ham in New York, and uh, they were <clears throat> saying that they were you know corn and soy feeding their mm-hmm. and it, I said, well, is it uh, non-GMO? And I don't know if I don't remember if they claimed yes or no, but they said, oh no, well, it's uh, it's not organic, but it's beyond organic. They said, and I'm like, well, that's not it's not possible, but okay, beyond organic. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so <laughs> so it's biodynamic, is you know, is kind of probably what they're trying to imply by that. But it was definitely like uh, you know organically grown, so that that's what they would mean by that. But uh, the truth be told, it was not for the cow because. The signaling of, well, the bacterial detoxification, that's what creates the souring of the milk. If there's a higher somatic cell count, which is like a, the body cells that are shedding into the milk, and then, of course, lower immunoglobulins and lower lactic acid and things of that nature, lower heme iron, you will see the milk go sour really quick because there's a higher bacterial count. So there's mm-hmm. a higher higher conversion and fermentation process going on, right? Yeah. Um, so in a week, that milk went sour. If it's real grass-fed, grass-finished, cows have four stomachs for grass, not corn, not soy, yeah. not oats, all that, all the different things they feed cows to increase their milk supply, which it increases their milk supply, but that is, they're looking for quantity over quality. Yeah. And yeah. it's not what you want in your raw milk supply. If you're going to heal things and you want to heal cancers, autoimmune disorders, and blindness, and, you know, dementia, and Alzheimer's, and hair loss, and, 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 and kidney disease, and liver disease, you want raw milk that's been grass-fed, grass-finished, and normally grass-finished is a term that's applied to uh, meats, but actually, uh, you know, I have to say that these days, because a lot of times, cows and farmers, uh, they'll be, the farmers will be feeding these cows grass, and then in the wintertime, they switch them over to corn and soy and things like that, so really, it should be, you know, pastured or grass and hay fed all year. I have to ask, is mm-hmm. there a non-GMO soy? Um, I, well, so non-GMO soy would be pretty much organic soy. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. So or, organic soy, obviously, it's guaranteed non-GMO. Uh, yeah. That's the whole point of the organic label. I've, I've um, researched it. Could... I can't find, yeah, I've no, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be some seeds out there that are non-GMO, yeah. and they're not labeled organic, obviously, because the seed itself, you know, you don't have to have it labeled organic for it to be organic, organically raised. Yeah, yeah. But the certification... Okay, so pretty much all the processed soy on the market, 97% of it, 98% of it now, it's GMO'd. Um, so you get like the 2% of the industry that has soy that's that you're buying, like say at the health food stores, it's pretty much all organic, or at least it's non-GMO, which, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen that on a label, that it's non-GMO, and then it's, um, uh, well, basically, if it was labeled, if it wasn't organic, and it was labeled non-GMO on the label, and there was soy in the ingredients, mm-hmm. that would mean the soy is non-GMO. But is if if it's not an organic product and it's not listed as organic, then it is non-GMO and not organic. But that means it's probably still sprayed. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. that's the thing. You got that fine line. Organic would be your tops. You know, organic, biodyna- biodynamically farmed. Uh, and then you got like uh, your non-GMO. Uh, 
but it's still sprayed. Yeah. And then there's the GMO, which is if it's not listed non-GMO on the labels and it's got soy in it, it is guaranteed GMO. Yeah. That's, and that's a see, real that's bad that, thing. I have always I, I've asked myself that question. like, And then I start researching, and I could never come across organic soy. Oh, well, and, there's plenty of organic soy out there. It's, but, but the non-GMO, but I meant the non-GMO. Right. Yeah, I never have come across any like we have at our store uh like miso and um a couple of uh, miso and uh what the hell is it uh tempa i think maybe mm-hmm. um and these are fermented soys and uh these um uh, natto excuse me natto and miso mm-hmm. and they're fermented soys and they're almost okay so like that's a traditional food in a lot of countries you yeah. know in, in okay. asia and uh, it's actually an incredibly healthy food in the raw state when it's fermented mm-hmm. as soon as you cook it and heat it if you don't sprout it first you, first you sprout it and then you ferment it and then you can turn it into like hard pack like uh like um uh what is it called there a little to- tofu and uh it's a health food it is at that point because it's a fermented raw seed that's fine after it's been soaked and sprouted but any other form of that soy is very estrogenic it's very toxic Mm -hmm. it's uh, all the um all the phytoestrogens in there they actually turn like uh like decrepit and um they oxidize and denature the thing with soy is obviously is that high estrogen activity but it's a seed still so it has all those anti um inhibitors essentially those anti-enzymes that are on the outside of the seed shell and if you don't soak any seeds first like that's why grandma used to soak the beans you know before she she made them and of course it would you know for anybody who's eating seeds beans things like that they get a lot of gas like after you eat a bean meal like a chili or something like that that's the (laughs) seeds the enzyme inhibitors on the outside of the seed shell if those beans were not soaked and that's a good sign to tell that they weren't soaked is because your body is trying to break that down bacterially and Mm. um that's the whole point of bacteria if your enzymes are not in the food and the intestinal tract can't keep up with enzyme secretion from the pancreas, uh, the body will have to use bacteria as the the third line of... uh, The bacteria will have to use... um, that basically they'll be the ones that'll be necrophaging that dead decrepit and decaying material they'll be the bacteria will be digesting your foods trying to break them down and then you'll actually absorb and digest the uh bacteria's uh, excretions so you're actually eating the shit of bacteria <laughs> and that's what most people are actually living off from is their bacterial detoxifications uh-huh. uh they're 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 eating foods that are cooked and processed they're feeding the so-called pathogenic bacteria they have a job they're Mm -hmm. not to blame for any diseases but they're causing dysbiosis in their intestinal tract by feeding those bacteria and those bacteria are doing their job those bacteria are breaking down all this dead decrepit decaying food in the colon and in the the small intestine and then you're digesting what the bacteria has that has digested and shit out literally um so it's bacterial excretions that most people are living off from their entire lives you know that's why people are like well how come you know andrew like all this raw foods and things and how come all all these people living on cooked foods it's like they're living off their bacteria Mm -hmm. and after years and years and years it doesn't even matter because look at them they're 25 30 years old and most people have symptoms they're 18 Mm -hmm. 19 years old and they have symptoms they got massive acne yeah uh they're tired and sluggish they're moody they're irritable they've got dark circles they've got you know uh thinning hair already gray hairs um there's all sorts of symptoms that people have constipation, diarrhea, and they don't realize that they think they're healthy and they feel good when in fact they're 25 years old and they're still, they're, they're already sick and their blood pH is off. And mm-hmm. so, all right. Um, so let me see if I finished the notes here. So yeah, buy the uh, copy, check out the copy of the untold story of uh, milk uh, or find a copy 
uh, to download online for all the true stories of the demon-filled industrial food industry and the lengths they went to to sabotage true raw milk. They played a lot of disgusting, dirty games to try to basically destroy the raw milk industry, the real raw milk industry. And uh, also stories of incredible health and healing of raw milk when created as God designed it. So here's stories of raw milk sanitariums that were throughout the country before the Flexner Report and Rockefeller Big Oil took over. Uh, check out the Weston Price Foundation uh, for raw milk information and realmilk.com is where you can find dairies listed throughout the 50 states uh, plus the territories yeah and you can find out um who's selling what the state's laws are because in new york state you have to go to the farm and they have to be certified you know they got to be certified raw milk dairy you could just go to the amish if you wanted to to get milk uh, mm-hmm. but you got to really be wary to make sure that they're, they're they're doing the right things they're making sure that everything is clean that they're doing um and not to say that like I could have milk that's loaded with E. coli, raw milk, and it's fine. It's not going to be a big deal. Not not for me, at least. It's mm-hmm. not a problem. For somebody who's not initiated to it and the, the milk has a little bit higher of an E. coli count because they, they didn't clean the cans very well and there was old leftover milk on there, somebody could uh, have a little bit of like a loose stool, a little bit of diarrhea from mm-hmm. detoxifying because there's uh, excess dead matter, bacterial detoxification. You're just getting rid of the poison. Yep. So, and the E. coli will actually speed up that detoxification. E. coli's number one job is to uh, to move the bowels in the intestinal tract. So, uh, to, to, you know, peristalsis and uh, to allow you to excrete waste. Um, so, all right. Uh, so, this is the milk diet book. And uh, it's called The Milk Diet as a Remedy for Chronic Disease. And it's by Dr. Charles Sanford Porter. And I'm going to get to the stories, a lot of the stories of different healings. And uh, this is a super interesting book. And then we'll cover a little bit of, like, how it does what it does. Um, Let me find my spot here. So this is the psychology and physiology. physiology. How many farmers do you know? That actually do all the raw milk. I mean, off the records, yeah. off the books, yeah. I know probably like 10. Yeah. But um, as far as people that I buy from specifically that I've been to, I've been to, well, we had two shut down in the last five years. Um, and I, I know about four right now. Yeah. Um, and I get sh- I get my stuff from Miller's Bio Farm. I get it shipped yeah. right to me because I used to drive down to North Country every two to three weeks to buy 10 gallons. And I got sick of that mm-hmm. uh, gas money wise. And Oh, uh, yeah. Well. We know the gas prices, huh? Yep. Uh, it was more like time, too, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was sick of taking out, like, a half a day to go drive down to get milk um, when I could just have it shipped right to me, so pay a little more, but it wasn't really a big deal. Well, that's what I'm, uh, I'm, I'd like to get my hands on some of that. Yeah, well, I mean, you caught, you, if you organize it with Miller's Biofarm, you can get, they'll ship it in pallets yeah. up, to, up to you, because if you're selling that much, and like I said, their, their milk, it takes four to six weeks to go sour, mm-hmm. you could probably sell that milk for three in a half weeks, maybe four, before you'll start saying, all right, I got to turn this into, um, like, uh, you know, maybe some other dairy products. Yeah. You know, mix yeah. it and make uh, kefirs or something like that. Um, so, let's see here. The best cures, in my experience, have been that the patients who started in with a full amount of milk and took it continuously without interruption, other than during the sleeping hours. They did not stop because their stomachs seemed full or for a bad taste in their mouths. Some of them have disregarded nausea and even vomiting during the first days of their treatment. Others have suffered headaches and backaches, and later on, the dull stretching pain in the stomach, kidneys, and liver, which may accompany the rapid growth of those organs. So this guys, these guys are doing raw milk fasting. They're starting off, and 
All of these guys, Dr. Porter, all of his stories are from 42 years experience in a raw milk, in a sanitarium where he did raw food fasting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is his experiences and, and accounts. Yes. So awesome. Very many had returns of old pains of rheumatism, neuralgia, earaches, toothaches, pleurisy, peritonitis, inflammation conditions of the generative organs, which they may have had years before, but these pains usually last about a day, but in chronic cases, sometimes they're a little longer standing where there has been considerable growth of inflammatory tissue and adhesions as between the serous surfaces, so the blood surfaces of the peritoneum, and the various organs of the abdomen and pelvis. The duration of pain is somewhat in proportion to the length and seriousness of the disease. So some people that have really Really, really bad deep-seated diseases they'll do raw milk fasting and they'll get a little bit of ache and a little bit of pain mm -hmm. as their nerve tissue is regenerated as their blood vas uh, vasculature is being reconnected and actually uh, angiogenesis starts which is uh, angio is just vessels and genesis is growth so you get vessel growth in these areas where before they didn't have circulation or the circulation was so necrotic and dead uh, the, you've ever seen people who've had little vascular um, capillaries that are stuck at the surface mm -hmm. called uh, um, um, oh my god the veins that like varicose ver varicose veins yeah <laughs> they have those varicose veins and they're all dried up imagine those are like trees dead branches they're all mm -hmm. dried up okay um so raw milk brings those back online so when i was diabetic and i had i was losing i was getting numbness in my toes mm -hmm. the raw milk could have fixed that yes yep yeah it still can yeah, right on yes. i i it's back to normal now oh, okay right so you got that over time well slowly you know yeah, what I mean? yeah raw milk brings that back on in days so that's why there's pain oh that's okay yeah there's i get a lot of questions about the rheumatoid arthritis and I always tell them to talk to you, and hopefully they do reach out to you. I hope so. Yeah, uh, it's they're they're not complicated fixes. It's just nutrition. Like yeah, seriously, yeah. Um, it's so easy actually. But so the pain is never severe as it was the original disease, except perhaps in some women at the menstrual period, and the pain may be stopped by stopping the milk and thereby taking off some of the pressure. But that is usually the wrong thing to do, for it is the excess of blood that works the cure. One thing about raw milk is it's literally like drinking and exchanging your oil. It's like you're uh, swapping out your oil in your engine. It's uh, Raw milk is so similar to blood. There's no other food in the world that's that similar except for obviously blood. But um, you don't want to be doing that because you can be drinking a lot of a lot of toxicity. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it, honestly, it's I mean, to me, it's biblical. It's in the Bible. It's it's listed as a no a no go. And there's reasons for that. Of course, that's a whole nother topic of biblically clean and unclean foods. I'd like yeah. to do that at one point. But um, so in other words, the cure is received due to the excess of the medicinal qualities being carried by the blood to all the diseased areas of the bodies. And this is how raw milk works. It is not only by stopping the drinking or slowing it down that one can obtain relief during the time of the healing crisis. Though, though that is one way, it is also very important to make sure the, there's a use of warm baths. And this is another thing I use in my practice as, ba as bathing, um, mm -hmm. warm soaking baths to obtain some relief during the time of the healing crisis. The temperature of the bath and other details regarding the bath are described by Dr. Porter on page 133. But Typically, I recommend people start bat, uh, warm baths, especially while they're detoxifying and healing things, because the best best way to do something outside of nutrition is uh, grounding and um, uh, uh, warm baths at like around 107, 108 degrees for about 45 to 90 minutes, and you work your way up to about 45 to 90 minutes. The reason why water bathing is preferred... <clears throat> You got some guy standing out front here, uh, but the the uh, basically when you're doing the baths here, uh, you're taking water and immersing warmth all around your body, which liquidates the lymphatic structure, mm -hmm. and it pulls poisons into the skin surface, 
capillaries flood uh, the blood to the surface and they open up the uh, capillaries in the lymphatic structure connection and they start pouring toxins out through the tissues into the water. The water is absorbing all of those poisons. Uh, and uh, people that like, like I know a lot of people do the infrared saunas and things like that. When you do things like that, first off, the infrared saunas, they're artificial. You're actually hitting yourself with electromagnetic radiation that is artificial. It's not created by the sun. It's not created by any uh, reflection, reflective surfaces of nature. It is making an artificial uh, electromagnetic wave source that can, honestly, over time, it can damage your skin. I know that, you know, it's pretty counterintuitive to what they say it does, but there are other things that the reason why it's not as preferred because also, too, when you're detoxifying that sweat out through the surface, it actually, you're reabsorbing after you've stirred up your poisons mm -hmm. to the skin surface, you're reabsorbing those poisons back into the skin again because those pores are left open and there's nothing to carry them away except okay. for your sweat molecules. Yeah. Um, so uh, what happens is, is that you get a, a detoxification then a reabsorption, and unless you take a bath afterwards, which a lot of people do, uh, obviously, uh, you're going to swipe away a lot of those toxins. Yes, you will, but you're only going to get so deep. The infrareds do not get deep enough into the surface to warm up the entire core of the body structure like the baths do. The baths, for the reasons you know just mentioned previous, besides that, they carry those poisons away. The other thing is you can put things in the baths. You can put clay in there, like uh, bentonite clays. Yeah. Um, you can put uh, apple cider vinegar in there. You can put uh, some, like I prefer, you can do ma uh, magnesium salts. I prefer... Um, uh, typically like magnesium flakes like Zechstein salts um, because they have a smaller molecular structure that they're, they're ionically perfect Eps Epsom salt no not Epsom so no. I mean Epsom's are fine but uh, they have to be real like real Epsom salts yeah. like magnesium sulfate uh, but the the molecular structure of the Epsom salts they're fine it's just they're not that um, they're not that large so they don't absorb very well oh, okay. compared to uh, magnesium um, chloride which is uh, the Zechstein salts and they're extremely clean okay um, so if you ever wanted to do baths with magnesium like bath salts check out the uh magnesium flakes the zechstein salts it's z-e-c-h stein s-t-e-i-n uh zechstein salts uh they're very very clean pure source and they will pull toxins out of the body and they will put bring magnesium into the blood awesome. and relax the vessels so that way you can detoxify uh more more opportunistically so the warm baths allow for circulation to move rapidly to the area experiencing the healing crisis and relief is generally obtained. In our experience, my daughter's healing included a coughing crisis and relief that could only be had while in a warm bath. During her second healing episode, she soaked in a warm bath for approximately three hours That was the, <clears throat> as it was the only way to keep her from coughing. I too have made use of these baths and readily obtained at least partial relief from healing crisis with the experience of blood pulsating through the areas in need of this healing. Also, there was the feeling of something moving out of the bones that had been the seat of disease. And that's poison. That's bringing it right to the surface. You do the raw milk fasting and do mm -hmm. these baths, you can heal anything. Uh, there are some really proper procedures you need to do while you're doing this, though. And, like, if you need anybody's help, uh, I, I'm the person to call, you know, yeah. as far yeah. as this goes. Or read this book and do it yourself. But you want to be resting and not, not doing much of anything while you're doing this therapy if you have really, really toxic diseases. If, if you need me, you can call me and I can do house calls. But um, So in the notes here, it says, I do not ask the impossible of any person, but I tell those who are inclined to stop the milk fast that the pain is only a necessary reaction in the disease part. That pain means a growth of new capillary blood vessels in a place where the circulation has been stagnant. And just keep in mind, folks, like, he's talking pain for, like, 5% of people. The other 95%, they don't have these reactions. But I wanted to cover this first. 
Um, so that pain means growth of new capillary blood vessels in a place where the circulation has been stagnant. That the part of the organ is growing larger, it's getting straightened out, and it's coming back to the place where it belongs. It's stretch, stretching its fibrous and sensitive covering. Uh, you know, uh, in referring to the liver and the kidneys, it's pulling on the contracted ligaments or uh, abnormal fibrous bands which have been bound which have bound it down and interfered with this action, or stimulating the normal movement where it had been paralyzed previous. It is easier to understand why there should be pain with a curative process than it is to explain how there ever can be a cure without pain. So when I have told patients what to do, to the best of my knowledge and experience is going on, I leave it to them to decide whether they can stand the pain or discomfort with the ex expectation of a complete cure, or whether they will have to stop the milk temporarily and perhaps stop the curative process when it is at its height. So I encourage them by stating the fact, which I cannot emphasize too strongly and which everyone should remember that in 41 years experience with this treatment on all classes of patients suffering from heart and kidney disease, brain and nerve disorders, blood clots, paralysis, inflammation of the bowels, ulcerative processes in various parts of the body, chronic specific disease, dilated stomach or chronic poisoning due to lead, mercury, arsenic or any medicines, I have known I have never known an injury or bad result from pushing the milk diet, with the single exception of the hemorrhagic cases, such as those specified under consumption and high blood pressure. And the reason that he would warn against that for like hemorrhagic cases or like uh, actually people who just got done surgery, wait about three to four weeks to do this, uh, it's because the in, there's an increase in blood pressure because there's blood volume increase and that's there's better blood flow. So mm -hmm. some people who have just healing, you know, vascular structures like uh, their veins or their arteries are severed and they're, they're being uh, healing, uh, you put pressure back into a hose that you just taped up right away, you yeah, know, yeah. And you don't let the tape settle in and, and the glue or whatever, uh, it can rip the tape right off. So makes sense. <clears throat> so I would advise against giving the full milk diet to any patient who had recently been operated on, uh, who had a ruptured artery for, from any cause. Uh, but recently, I mean, within two to four weeks. So the, to the extent of the operation, I'm not afraid to give the milk diet in any case of diseased blood vessels or an aneurysm caused by disease for, I believe the blood carries its own cure for these conditions. But he puts this in gigantic capital letters, complete rest must go with it. So if somebody's doing these, this fasting um, and then they're moving around and keep they, re, they keep re-agitating and the uh, physically irritating parts, and plus two, you're moving throughout the day, you're not resting. Uh, rest gives the organs time to recover completely. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. there's no uh, energy ex expended on the movement and the muscle process that you're, you know, if you're walking around or doing your normal job and your normal work week and you're trying to heal a chronic disease, it's very difficult because your body has to divert its activity and attention to the energy you're expending, yeah. the mind yeah. that's thinking, you know, the, uh, all, it's just, it's, um, it, and you need to fight a war on one front, not two. So that, that goes for people who I'm trying, when I'm working with these with folks and they're trying to heal diseases and we put them on some supplements, right? But I'm battling their terrible food that they're still eating if they yeah, don't want to oh, yeah. if they, if they don't want to change their diet. And then of course I'm battling them not resting. So um, it's a really it's a struggle. They're fighting a war on three fronts really. I mean two and three fronts. And they're trying to heal the disease. They're fighting their you know, energy uh, compensation. And then of course their diet is awful. You know, so we throw some herbs on them. And of course they do get better because the herbs are very strong and different uh, fats that we put them on mm -hmm. enzyme therapies. But if I can get them to change their food. I can have a complete and total healing for many people without without rest. But the point of the book is, in this book, he really stresses it a lot. And he goes, I can get healings in four weeks, whereas opposed to it would take two years sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> really crazy stuff. So raw milk fasting and sanitarium conditions. And a sanitarium is something that I've dreamed of doing for years. I've, I've wanted to do it on the reservation. I've ta I talked about it on CKON for four years straight. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple people suggest, you know, wanting to get something started. But the big thing was is that it would take away, obviously, <laughs> money from pretty much every other facet of uh, traditional, you know, uh, what is it, traditional medicines or yeah, whatever they're yeah. called. You know, they're not even mm -hmm. traditional medicines. I don't understand that because they're handing out candy, drugs like candy there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but the pharmaceuticals have completely gotten a hold of every single facet of, uh, you know, American life, and that includes Native American life. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, we're all quick to the pop a pill, you know. Everybody is 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 uh, is under their control right now, um, and uh, we're all. A lot of the drugs that come here are experimental. <laughs> they don't even release them anywhere else, but they yeah. they give them right here at the clinic. Yeah. I've heard it from many uh, people that used to work there. Oh, this is just a trial. Here, try this out. Yeah, the, well, the sanitariums became illegal because they were healing so many people. Mm -hmm. They became to the point to where you had to move everything into Mexico, and right now in Mexico, like. I don't know if you remember this, but um, a couple classes ago, or a couple classes, a couple radio shows ago, mm -hmm. I read this um, about how there was this place where you could go to, and it was completely organic, and uh, like uh, the clothes, everything you wore there, where you would go for a walk. Um, was it in Florida or? It was in Mexico. Mexico. Um, and the story of Mexico too. Yeah, so there was a lady that I actually she's in my in my at my college uh, Kingdom College, so we have to um, mandatory to um, to uh, participate in group discussions as you're doing your work. You mm -hmm. have to leave you know a, you know five hundred or a thousand page thing and three links of you know what you're going to discuss. And in one of these discussions, this woman had said I healed, uh, but I had to go to Mexico to go to a sanitarium down there, and she goes everything was organic. She goes, obviously, the food is all organic. It was all raw. She goes, we did walks. Uh, they, they, they made you get rid of all your clothes, the, all the soaps. Uh, everything you bathed in was, was, was filtered. Um, every single thing in the room was organic. It was single ingredients. It was, you know, hemp linen. And, uh, you know, the washware was, um, you know, the washing uh, stuff was all like soap nuts and uh, essential oils and uh, wool balls. And uh, she goes, outside, everything was organic. And there was gardens and grounds. And we were right by the water. And we were getting fresh salt you know, sea air mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, fresh sun and everything, you know, everything was set up solarium style. So there was sun coming in all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's been great. They, yeah. They encouraged like all the clothing they had was all hemp clothing was all organic. It wasn't dyed or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. it was real, just back to the earth stuff. And she goes, you know, it was easy to heal there. It was so easy because everything was not toxic. And, and there was, um, no, you know, basically everything was blocked. It was shielded, Wi-Fi shielded, mm -hmm. you know, Bluetooth shielded. And there was none of that stuff there, cell phones and all that crap. You know, you had a certain little amount of the day that you could talk on your phones and things like that, but that was it. And I'm like, that's the place. That's, that's yeah. exactly what I've been dreaming of for years. And that would be awesome. It, it would be awesome. But you know, I, I hate to say it, it'll never be allowed here. You know what I mean? And that's the whole point. In, in Mexico, it's kind of like a wild west there, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but uh, here it's so controlled and we are so owned that if I got a place started like that here, I'd be healing people there. They would at every single turn disprove or try to say yeah. or put down or destroy my life, my career, the people I work with at, at, at every turn. You oh, know? I could imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's extremely dangerous. It's there's really a few, dangerous to be good at your job. Uh, there's a few places in Canada where you can go and get away from all the technology and everything and yeah everything would need to be under the table yeah yeah and we were talking about that with uh kathleen yeah well there's Surtees. yeah she, she they got a place there and they're i don't know who it was but i heard maybe it was from that group that there was a couple chiropractors who were starting a place down in mexico 
that was um, they bought that they're doing like almost like a a, a city, a mm-hmm. nation, or like a small little like you know mini little country of their own kind of that's yeah. going to be completely organic and it's going to be you know raw foods and everything is going to be um what is it called like almost like what like an amish society in a yeah. way in a lot of ways like everything is going to be by barter and trade and stuff like that so that's what's coming it's like a hippie commune i mean of. it's coming around now like you know i've been giving uh, green drinks away for things that we need you know like sure. uh, uh, i needed some stuff done and yeah I, work. In, in lieu yeah in mm. lieu i'm like hey man i'm like here you go. Do this. Do that. Um, if you can do some wiring for me, yep, I'll be happy to hook you up with some free meals or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. we we put value on like products that uh, have no value, paper mm-hmm. currencies yeah. and gold. Like uh, honestly, gold is only useful if it's using it's it's to conduct electricity or to you know like a, yeah. in any way a brick an ingot of gold has no freaking use. You can't eat it. You can't shoot it. You yeah. can't uh, <laughs> you know cook with it. You yeah. can't do it. I mean, you could cook with it if you shaped it, but yeah. uh, it well, it's actually really malleable. So I don't know. Maybe you couldn't, but <laughs> you want to eat gold. But there's no use to paper currency. There's no use to coins. None of that. I mean, uh, unfortunately that's the money that's the thing we put value in it's fiat currency there's no backing to it you know like yeah. that money is just what we have an inherent value with uh, thinking um but uh foods and uh if i traded bullets for yeah. you know shakes or something like yeah. that or, or you know something useful yeah that's the stuff yeah right that's, there. that's that's cool i love doing should, that you know, like um that's all the native american way of life was mm-hmm. was, was barter and trade and all yeah. that you know it's yeah, it's. I wish obviously society would could go back. To, I mean, we wouldn't have all the things, the cell phones and this and that. And yeah, the other thing if we didn't have yeah. that. But uh, honestly, wh- what would we know? We wouldn't be missing anything because we would never know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'd never. <laughs> we'd never know. Would, so who cares? We wouldn't compromise our ways. Exactly. You know, it would yeah. be great. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I'd honestly love going back to that to that way of life. Uh, I mean, uh, if I could, we go to be honest. It would be nice. I mean, I'm more relaxed. Uh, we were talking about being more relaxed when we go camping and stuff like that. Why? Because you shut everything off. Shut everything off your yeah. way. Yep. Yeah. This, there's no noise pollution and light pollution. Yeah. And you're just out in nature, and there's tons of negative ions in the environment, and mm. you're fishing and breathing in pine and things. It's oh, just it's great. Just a, yeah, it's just so relaxing. It's Note this year, too. I don't know if you noticed, but here specifically, uh, there's not they're not spraying the skies like almost at all. Like I haven't seen like more than a couple times. Okay, trails, all, yeah. yeah. So I it rained a couple last couple times, last couple nights, and it smells amazing outside. Oh, and yeah. I haven't smelled that. Fr- like I live in thousands of acres of woods surrounding yeah. me, and I'm on the river, and I've never smelled my woods ever i've never been able to because the when you spray the toxicity on the plants they mm-hmm. don't release those chemicals in the amounts because they have to use them to detoxify all the garbage that's coming and hitting their soils you know mm-hmm. but now i mean unbelievable it smelled amazing outside yeah and i'm uh, just like I'm here so you can smell the dead frogs <laughs> well you know frog town organic <laughs> yeah it's organic i mean every the frogs are hitting the road and sometimes it used to be where you could drive you couldn't even drive down the road where the roads were just covered yeah um, it, I don't know if it's been getting. I can't remember. Well, um, the life, the this, the life has been killed. Like sixty percent of all life on Earth has mm-hmm. been destroyed in the last forty years since they started doing the spraying. Mm, I did not know that. Speaking yeah. of that, actually, plus there's all kinds of economic development. There used to be fields back here in right, swamp, right, 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 right. And yeah, it was a yeah. little pond right next to where my mom's house is. It's changed. And uh, yeah. yeah, the landscape has all changed. The environment has changed. I wanted to add something too before I forget this. Um, I want I want. I looked at Vares a couple of days ago. Me and um, Hannah uh, from from my work were uh-huh. talking about. Um, she's one of the herbalists there. We were talking about Vares, and I said, "Let me look at the death rates because I wanted to see what was going on." Speaking of numbers and changes. In 2007 to 2020, there were less less deaths reported to VARES on vaccine injuries 
than there were in all of the last four months right now. Okay, 2007 to 2020, 13 years worth of deaths does not compare right now in the United States to how many have died in the last four months due to the COVID vaccine. Just wanted to throw that out there. Hmm. I just looked that up. That's unbelievable. They've had over uh, almost uh, like 30,000. It was like 3,005, I think it was, that they had reported. And this was a week and a half, two weeks ago, hmm. that I checked the VAERS website. And remember, 1% to 10% report. Yeah. So 300,000, basically. And, of course, I checked. Remember when I first did the show, yeah. I first did the VAERS report, it was 1,000. Th- and yeah, that was like a month like and a half, two months ago. That's just the ones that are reporting, obviously. You know, I inject dairy, and dairy yeah. dies, uh, you know, maybe a couple days later. Oh, well, we don't know if it was a vaccine. It doesn't get reported, even though it's obvious dairy was before that healthy. You know? Because they're, they're, they're just saying it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the ones who die 25 minutes after they get shot or, or they're, oh, I don't feel good, and they sit down in the waiting room and then they're dead. Yeah. I've had there. I've heard of stories where doctors have said we're not reporting that to VAERS. Yeah, uh, it was a precondition. Uh, 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 oh yeah, something else. <laughs> something that yeah. just unbelievable. Like oh, she had a heart condition. It was this ischemic this or that or uh, you know whatever. They'll go ahead and just chalk that up and uh, because you know they can't. What else could you do if yeah, you were doing this job for you know and you're killing people? You could not consciously handle that. So anyway, yeah, right. that's that's back that's to the raw milk. Bad. It's just crazy, but um, so. Starting the treatment. So this is the raw milk fasting here. In severe cases of illness, the success of the milk cure depends on the faithfulness with which details are followed. Some of these details often seem unimportant to those who know little of the treatment, but in any case, where a successful result has not been obtained, it has always been easy to point to the faults of uh, commission or omission. It is true that many people have derived great benefit from a milk diet. This is raw milk, sorry. He just uses the word milk. Um, It's inferred that it's raw. Taken otherwise than as I advise, or only a partial partially following my instruction, but I believe that the plan I give here is one that is always successful, enabling the patient to take the proper amount of milk and secure the desired results without any danger. Before commencing the milk diet, it is usually advisable and often necessary to take a fast from ordinary foods. Uh, For the ordinary case where the digestion is more or less impaired, and particularly where constipation is present, the fast should continue at least 36 hours, but the patient is allowed to eat ripe, fresh, and dried fruits, except bananas, in such quantities as may be eaten with a a relish, and as uh, much water to be taken as possible with comfort. Diabetics should fast for five days, not even eating fruit. While I've started patients on milk only five or six hours after their last meal, sometimes I've regretted it and found that a day's fast would have saved time. If there is a class of patients who can do without the fast, it is the thin, weak, and anemic people such as consumptives and neurasthenics, etc., especially those with bowels that are in the habit of moving freely every day. Such such patients take milk uh, greedily, they soak it up like a sponge, and there is no initial constipation nor nausea, and the rapid increase in circulation causes a quick elimination of the impurities of the blood and bowels. On the other hand, those who are stout, plethoric, rheumatic, gouty, dropsical, constipated, or have had skin or blood diseases, diabetics, uh, diabetes, headaches, coated tongue, prolapsed and dilated stomachs, or any displaced organs, they should take at least one day of a, a total fast, and many people will be benefited and gain time in the end by extending the fast over several days and this is what i do with a lot of my end stage cases uh, i'll fast them immediately mm-hmm. because first off they're not hungry at all their food's so toxic their body's just saying enough yeah i'll fast them um uh, for three days and then they'll some sometimes it's just two but a lot of times they make it to three and then all of a sudden their hunger comes back oh my god i need to eat and then they want yeah. to eat 
first thing we'll reach for is juicing. Then we do that for a couple days, and then I put them uh, start get them on raw whole food smoothies. And then from there, uh, weeks, months later, when they're still alive, when they should have died, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the first few days or whatever, uh, uh-huh. they end up doing really good. And I've had a lot of cases that have ha- had that happen to them. Um, so, you know, fasting, immediate opening, you know, the opening offer is a fast, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that tells the body, all right, we're done taking in processed garbage. We're done struggling to digest food. And then the first thing that you can reach for is raw milk. <clears throat> and uh, that's a perfect whole food raw milk, um, or also too. And West, um, not West. Uh, uh, Doctor Porter had found that skim milk, uh, like just not even you know the what we think of skim milk, uh, not mechanical skim, but just actually taking the cream and just skimming some of the cream off the top, and just using the protein in the water that's in the milk, and and the little bit of sugar that's in there, they will digest it a little easier right away and you could do that for a while until they can the person can get back on whole milk with with full fat um but uh at any rate that's you know is there um cover later i mean uh, all the calls is there a particular call that produces better milk cow i mean cow yeah call call okay cow Cow. (laughs) okay yeah cow um so is there any type whole, of breed well that? this guy and uh, dr porter is using holsteins in the book and holstein's a very old breed and mm-hmm. uh it's they produce a lot of milk and things like that but the, i think that the reason why he was using it is because they produce a th- less a lower fat milk um and it's not to say i like the really the big thing is that i'm in the school of lots of raw fats mm-hmm. and of course that is the best i found the best healing it's the longest healing mm-hmm. uh but it's the safest and the healthiest and there's it's almost symptom free because the more raw fat you bring in the more you carry these toxins away from uh the tissue uh, the, the cellular tissues and into the blood and out of the body because you're raising cholesterol and that's what you want you want to bring cholesterol up uh you want to bring you know your ldl and your hdl up your total cholesterol up uh and you want to carry those poisons out through the blood and through the lymphatic system and the lymph system is basically uh made of you know uh, high amounts of fats that carry these toxins through but if you're doing the holstein milk it's a thinner milk and it's got less fat i think that's why he had more success because mm. he was almost like washing the body out with uh-huh. lots of water okay. there's more water in that milk uh what i use is jersey milk myself and also too uh, i like um guernsey's Jersey milk, and that's really a good milk. Most farms that are raw milk certified, they're using Jersey milk, though, because they're just an extremely docile cow. They're very calm, relaxed. They're excellent to milk. Mm. They're the easiest cow, and, you know, they're they're beautiful cows. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Jersey cows, they're beautiful. But anyway, um, the, the temperament, I think, is what a lot of people are looking for in mm. the cows, especially, but the milk, you know, if it's consistent quality, high milk fat, stuff like that. More um, content cow yeah. is going be better <laughs> i don't think I've, i don't know if i've ever had holstein milk but uh i don't know i've had guernsey i've had jersey uh hirsch uh Her- herford 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 um and maybe a couple others but that's like probably the least important thing on my mind it's just yeah. it's the milk raws at grass fed you oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to get but pretty much everything i've had is jersey um we used to have this creamery up in uh north north lawrence uh jess prosper prosper's uh-huh. dairy and uh man her milk was awesome and of course it was only 25 minutes yeah, it was like 15 minutes for me, but it was only 25 minutes for Messina, and like mm-hmm. it's just it was awesome to have that. And we sent everybody there. It made my life and my job so easy to just have people go up there. It was five bucks a gallon, you know. Yeah. I mean, like it was it's great. It's so, you know, it sucks that she shut down. And mm-hmm. We used to have people milk run up there and buy 20, 25 gallons at a time. You know, oh, that's awesome. But anyway, um, you know, if we keep talking about it, maybe we'll get it done. Um, to do the to the miller, you know, um, 
well, the more me and you are working yeah, together, the more, yeah. I mean, we're already getting the food orders together. Yeah. So we're going to be doing food orders here, and Derry's going to be getting fresh, local, New England-grown produce yep. pretty much every week. He's getting me- watermelons in this week and lemons and lemons limes. And, and, and so, you know, if you want to do all this stuff um, at home, you know, juice at home, by all means, stop in. I'll gladly sell you a bushel mm-hmm. of oranges, you know, a good, yeah. a good bunch of oranges or a good bunch of um, lemons, whatever you need. Put it and this way, I can get probably like uh, five, six hundred, seven hundred different produce products every single week, and that's from all over the country, mm-hmm. but most of it's New England grown, especially this time of year, and we're talking fresh herbs, fresh fruits, fresh nuts, everything, and all sorts of different things from tropical foods all the way to, that's because of my, uh, you know, vendorship th- uh, through Albert's yeah. Organics, um, you know, for the food, through the store, the healthy way. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I, yeah, so. see dairy if you need foods. And you yeah, know. and um, if I don't have it, of course, you, I'll, I will always send you up to healthy way. Yeah. Um, it's great to network like that, and that's what it's all about, networking. Yeah. and. Well, we're going to work on the raw milk. Yeah, uh, let's the do the raw milk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, so those who are not accustomed to fasting for periods are usually agreeably surprised to find that there is no particular inconvenience to this part of the program. And when the time comes to start uh, in drinking raw milk, it goes down with a relish. The stomach makes no objection, and the bowels move naturally. Another important consideration is the fact that the organs are... Uh, of digestion are, so to speak, caught at the low tide at their minimum bulk and activity and building up rapidly in size and function as they do on the milk diet. While the mind and the body are in a state of complete rest as possible, there is a natural tendency to make good cells, good tissue, and healthy organs and to overcome any abnormal habit or loss of natural function that may have been contracted by an organ. Um, So just keep in mind that raw milk and humans it, we are the only species on earth that makes lactase enzymes as adults. We are built and able to, and biblically speaking and indigenously speaking, uh, every single culture on on earth thrived on raw milk, okay? Whether it was just in a form of semi-nomadic herding, whether it was a form of uh, an animal was hunted and there was milk, uh, the milk was consumed first, or you, that they were full-on agrarian cultures uh, and uh, cattle cultures, then they, they herded and, and drank milk all, at all times. At any rate, milk for humans is the only species on earth. Being the highest vibrational species on earth, we are, uh, we are able to digest milk. And it is a perfect food, and it is perfectly suitable for every human being of every genetic variation on this earth. Um, there are times when people will think, oh, I can't drink milk. I'm lactose intolerant. I'm casein intolerant. Mm-hmm. I can't. You're talking about pasteurized milk. What okay? they do to it is making you. <laughs> yeah. And what they're yeah. doing to if they destroy the milk and you've had reactions in the past, your body does remember that stuff and it will store toxins in the joints from those poisonous fluids that you drank earlier in life. So well, that's what they tell you. They got calcium deposits. Or... There's, there's a problem with people that have those issues in the past and then we put them on raw milk very rarely. But if there mm-hmm. is a problem... We actually will start them off like with a half ounce or an ounce at a time and we'll have them work up an ounce a day every single day and increase until they get to the point to where they're doing 8, 16, 24 ounces a day. And usually after about a week, all of their symptoms are gone mm-hmm. of their detoxification, a little bit of diarrhea. Also, too, you got to remember that if somebody has a problem bringing in milk for the first time, um, there's, you know, a reaction, a kickback um, action going on in a Herxheimer reaction, a healing crisis where, oh, my God, they're finally getting in probiotics. They're finally getting in hemo, um, uh, hemoglobin. They're finally mm-hmm. getting in lactoferrin. They're finally getting in, you know, uh, immunoglobulins. So their body's detoxifying. So they'll have this, you know, interpretation, I'm po- this poisonous or this milk or that. It's like as long as the milk quality has been researched thoroughly and you know it's raw, 
um, and you know it's grass-fed and, and uh, you know, the, the sand, everything's clean and, and the farmers are legit and everything, mm-hmm. then that's in order, then there's no problem. But anything other than that, then, then you would look at the milk, okay? But What are the calcium deposits? I, I had a question about that. Is uh, that. That would be something like a lot of people do is where they take synthetic and artificial, well, not artificial, but they take uh, calcium carbonates like uh, rock calciums and they take those in and they drink um, milk that has fortification of calcium back okay. in and that's limestone calcium and they can get calcium deposits that way. Um, people will get build up, uh, build ups of mineral uh, mineralized tissues if they have some kind of damage to that tissue, and then mm-hmm. there's a, uh, the body can send like almost like a concrete to the area, you know, oh, like okay. a calcium to the area mm-hmm. to harden that tissue that's maybe been damaged previous. Okay. I was just wondering because I had a diagnosis that. of that. I'm, I have a deposit. You mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. I was just curious. Well, and, you can get yeah. calcified soft tissues because if you're pulling, if your blood is acidic, right, and you're mm-hmm. uh, taking in like high amounts of cooked and processed foods and that, and, and that causes acidity in the blood, your body will strip calcium from oh, the bones. Okay. It'll pull it through the soft tissues uh-huh. to get into the bloodstream. And as it's going, uh, transversing through that uh, that soft tissue, it can stay there and it can harden. You know, over time, if 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 um if it's doing if you're doing it long enough. Mm-hmm. And of course, most people who have stones, they've got uh, these calcium oxalate stones, these kidney stones. Yeah. And that's proof right there that a lot of people are swirling too much calcium through their blood. They're pulling calcium from the bones to buffer the pH in the blood. If the blood is acidic, calcium is notorious for, you know, you sprinkle it on your plants, it brings the pH up in your plants, mm-hmm. or uh, down, excuse me, uh, was well, down, no, up. And um, that makes everything more basic, and it, your body does the same thing with the bones. The bones are a deposit of cal- uh, a repository of calcium, and your blood will pull that calcium to balance, uh, but it can get into your soft tissues and your joints. That's just one way. Most okay. people, are, most people are getting it from their from their supplements. Yeah, that's what I was. Well, I was just curious because I did have a, you know, mm-hmm. an issue there back in, I don't know, a few well, years. Well, think ago. about how many fortified foods we all ate over the years. Yeah, fortified yeah. cereals and fortified oh, yeah. uh, grains and everything is fortified, fortified, and it's all calcium yeah. carbonate and just the cheapest, junkiest minerals. Uh, Before you jump back in there, I just want to going on in Canada and whatnot with all of that. But anyway, raw milk. Okay. Here we go. So milk has all the elements necessary to build teeth with, and in fact, is um, it is on an exclusive raw milk diet that babies grow teeth more rapidly and more perfectly than they do afterward on any diet. So speaking of these long abstaining fast, two, three, and even four or five weeks long, so the, the abstaining um, raw milk fast, I must say that I never saw any case that showed... Oh, no, no, sorry, excuse me. Speaking um, of these long abstaining fasts, that's where I'm, I put the word in there, uh, abstaining, because this the fast he's talking about is, is no food, no food, no milk. So if you do these long fasts uh, with no food and just water, so uh, for two, three, and even four or five weeks long, uh, Dr. Porter says that he never saw any case that showed permanent benefit from them. And he's, uh, he says, I certainly have seen a number of people who had hopelessly wrecked their health and even their minds by this unnatural starvation. Indeed, the mental condition of some of these patients who came from fasting sanitariums with no food was pitifully weak. Perhaps this condition was present before they fasted and possibly it was owning to the fact that they won't, they were induced to continue the fast so long. And that's one thing you'll pretty much never hear me talk about is doing a full food, fa- no food fast for mm-hmm. like a long period of time. And of course, I've read you know, Arnold Erid's books. Um, I've read, uh, you know, uh, Bragg's books. Um, there's the one, actually I got a book at home, Rational Fasting not rational fasting it's a, a fasting in the in man's perfect diet and i'm i'm going to break that open but fasting for long periods of times i've never 
preferred that over doing some kind of like a raw food fast uh -huh. because you're bringing nutrients in that are healing and they're perfectly digested oh. and that's going to carry toxins away makes, and rebuild instead sense. of you trying to rebuild from a toxic base you know what i mean like if you've got no healthy perfect foods coming in there's no tools to rebuild it's like saying here you're a piece of crap house i want you to rebuild your house from the 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 house and all the stuff that's already crap in it you know what oh, i mean yeah, like okay. it's like yeah. you know uh, change the furniture around and stuff <laughs> maybe dress it up a little bit it's still a turd you know yeah yeah um all right next in regard to the amount of milk to be taken, I will make the following statement. The average adult, when consuming daily, two to four quarts of milk containing 4% butterfat and 9% of other solids will not lose flesh. With another quart or two, he will gain weight, and with a still further increase of a pint or two, he will secure the necessary energy and stimulation to throw off disease. Uh, it is wrong, if not positively dangerous, to attempt the exclusive raw milk diet on any amount of milk less than that required to noticeably stimulate the circulation and promote body growth. A possible exception might be made in the case of convalescence from severe acute fevers where a few glasses of milk daily might keep them going temporarily until the ability to digest solid foods is recovered. Even in those cases, water would be safer to drink and probably would do as much good. There's no halfway method of taking the milk diet for people who have a much who have much the matter with them. Enough milk must be taken to create new circulation, new cells and new tissue growth and cause prompt elimination of the waste and dead matter that may be poisoning the system. A patient should start with a full amount of raw milk. Cases that begin on smaller quantities and try to work up to the proper amount often fail to get the best results. Now I'm gonna read this part part right here. I kinda have a little bit of contention with it, but he seemed to get he seems to get good results. So what he does is they get the stomach in the notion of taking three or four quarts and then find it difficult to increase the amount, while those who start on, say, six quarts daily have little or no trouble after the first day or two. So in the beginning in this way, we take the stomach by surprise. And as the milk keeps coming, the stomach is compelled to dispose of it and, as soon, uh, and soon does so in the natural way without difficulty. It is rather common for patients to say the afternoon of the first day that they feel so full that they cannot take another glass. But as they continue taking the regular quantity, ways and means are provided, and the sensation disappears the same day or that night and does not return. So on the contrary, if you humor the stomach and stop when, when you desire to, or when the stomach desires to, you will likely have to repeat the whole process the next day. It must be remembered that stomachs of this kind are not normal and have been out of conditions so long that they are not competent judges of what is best for them and i just i, I wrote a note here so i find that interesting due to cooked foods yes plus most folks eat until full and, and not satisfied and know not what their stomach is used to but i still believe after a number of days although that the body will teach the brain the correct amount of milk to consume like so basically he's saying force the milk down whether you feel like drinking it or not and stretch your stomach out and then dump so much milk into the intestinal tract that the intestinal tract will just be forced to absorb absorb it but i don't know i have this problem with that because like i need to teach the person me personally when i'm teaching my clients i need to teach them to learn how to crave those foods and also to to listen to their body yeah if their body yeah. is saying no more right now i can't handle it that means there's not enough blood flow to the area there's not enough digestive juices but he's trying to do something a little different where he wants to overflow the milk into the system and of course being it's such a perfect food it doesn't really matter and it'll get to places where it normally has not gone and it'll change the entire dynamic of the intestinal tract so i don't know i mean I, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like mm -hmm. he's trying to do something mechanically that the body doesn't really has never experienced before. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, I'd say that if, if somebody is inclined to do it and you have somebody who's guiding you, then do that, you know, drink more milk than your body is saying. 
and try nice, to get nice loud car <laughs> and try to get uh, some results from that and see how that goes. But uh, let's see, let's move on here. Sorry about that. All right, so I uh, here's a flaw I found in this book. There's a couple of them, but um, it says this is the part I'm going to read here. So I usually start patients on milk which is near room temperature, or at least not below 60 degrees Fahrenheit. But if there are symptoms within the first two or three days of indigestion, distress in the stomach, nausea, or vomiting of thick curds, the patient goes on warm milk immediately and does not take any cold milk for several days. Now I would say that that warm milk should be 100. Me personally, mm -hmm. I, I'd say it should be 101 degrees Fahrenheit or lower to about 68 to 70 degrees, right? That's me. Now he's saying uh, to warm the milk up to 115 degrees and that's fine without harm. But in nature, milk never gets above 101 from from the cow personally. Uh, or personally, I mean uh, scientifically, whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Obser observably, that's the word. Uh, <laughs> uh, damn words. Um, but he's saying to warm it up to 150 degrees, and of course he's telling you the most satisfactory way of warming the milk is to have a pan containing about three inches of warm, almost hot water, and set each glass of milk in it for two to three minutes until it is warmed through. The milk ought to be about blood heat, uh, although it can be heated in this way to 115 degrees without harming it. Now he is, so he's saying there's the caveat, the milk ought to be about blood heat. So that's 98.6, right? Yeah. So he's saying that, and then he's also saying, well, you can heat it to 115 degrees of the harm. What's the point? <laughs> there is no point. So I would say in this book, disregard that. Um, and there's a bunch of other places where they, where they start. He's, he addresses the germ theory a lot in the book, and if you know how to interpret the information and convert it over to your understanding of how the ger how germs work in the body and how you know chemical toxicity precipitates germs you know the garbage mm -hmm. comes before the flies if you understand that then you can read this book and you know you won't have a worry but a lot of people they can read this bacteria crap and they can uh interpret it incorrectly well, of course you know the way he intended it really but uh it's unfortunate that he talks about the terrain and the immunity of the body all the time in this book and then he's he falls in right in line with the with the germ theory mm -hmm. so it's unfortunate but uh, I also highlighted this skim milk is easier for a weak stomach to digest than full milk now that's true uh, so that's where he's coming from and as I'm reading this book the more I'm agreeing with him and it was really hard for me to hear that at first because I always use full fat whole fat milk but after I'm learning from an expert of 42 years on raw milk fasting I I'm, I have to tend to agree with him because the more he says this the more it makes sense because it's an it's it's one less thing for the body to try to break down and especially people have after years of disease, they have a really hard time digesting fats, raw fats, well, fats, excuse me. Uh, but uh, the skim milk makes it a little easier. And then after a while, as they build up the digestion, there's more protein, there's more minerals coming in, then we can add the fat back in a little bit. Um, I think that's probably another reason why he gives maybe a little more sim symptomatic um, detoxification, like you get pain and aches and things like that because you're doing more rapid healing because the fat slows down the absorption. Um, uh, and the fat also carries away some of the symptoms because it's carrying those toxicities out and you're not getting those loud symptoms um, because the fats are increasing the cholesterol and, and whatnot. But uh, it's, a low, it's a slower healing process. So he was trying to get more rapid healing with quicker absorption. Uh, if the stomach has been out of order for a long time, there may be a good many disagreeable symptoms such as bad taste in the mouth, thick coat on the tongue, gas in the stomach with considerable pain, nausea, and even vomiting. But none of these should prevent the patient from taking their regular drinks. And those are emission symptoms. So I'm just going to say that. Those are um, your body is uh, you know, emitting things, uh, thick coat on the tongue. Your body's increasing yeast. It's increasing bacterial detoxification. It's excreting those 
those things through the mucous membranes. Um, let's see. So let's see. Uh, gas in the stomach. You know, you're getting uh, dysbiosis is is, is coming. Um, your proliferation of new bacteria is actually rebalancing the intestinal tract and getting rid of dysbiosis. Um, and then, of course, vomiting. Their body will expel poisons from the liver, from the bile, into the small intestine, and then push them up through the stomach and throw them up out of the body. Sorry about that. Rock on, brother. <laughs> and throw them out through the body. So it takes a long experience in this work to give one a necessary confidence to tell a patient to continue this treatment under these conditions. But it is an absolute fact that I have never seen, this is his results, I've never seen any harm result from sticking to the diet while resting. And the troubles are only the natural ex uh, explosions, I think you should say expulsions, due to the revolution going on in the stomach. If there is any better way to cure an old chronic case of indigest indigestion with a shriveled up weakened stomach and almost juiceless stomach i have never discovered it so if the patient is lacking in willpower and cannot or will not take the regular amount of milk each time it is a great deal better to take a half glass than none and resume the full amount at the earliest possible opportunity now another thing i want to say is i was just thinking about it. my wife she has done raw milk fasting tons of times for mm -hmm. things um especially after you know being a nurse and them you know vaccine or you have to wear a mask and unfortunately you know she for a couple of years was taking the vaccine instead of the mask and she'd get sick every time and I'd, I'd heal her up and uh, we get you know get her be better quick but we'd have a raw milk fast in preparation be days before and days after and she would never get sick if she did the raw milk fasting um, you know I'm glad to say that she's not doing them anymore but the raw milk fast is something that you can do to heal and uh, precipitate um, certain imminent poisonings if you got to go travel and they, you know you have no other choice I mean there are ways legally around it but uh, it's a hell of a uphill battle but um, if you know you're gonna get poisoned you can do raw milk fasting set your body up prepare yourself for it you know any little thing you know if there's any type of preparation you need come see me uh you know weird questions like uh, nobody else is able to answer i can probably answer them <laughs> um but the the thing with um people who are trying to like say even lose weight for example or build muscle raw milk fasting is the perfect solution for that uh like every time my wife did that she lose 10 15 pounds like within like i don't know a matter of you know three four days or five six days you know she's on the road a lot and she'll eat out and stuff like that and she'll put weight back on that she lose or whatever and we do a raw milk fast with her boom it's gone right on. um raw milk fasting is unbelievably healthy and for people that are on this diet with raw foods your body will go back down to the normal weight i've had women lose 60 pounds in 60 days i've had women lose 60 pounds in 50 days doing wow. the, doing the smoothies and nutribulleting if you're doing 100 percent raw your body has no choice but go back to its perfect lean muscular weight um, because the body is getting such perfect nutrition in perfect nutrition out there's literally no way for your body to actually store extra fat as white fat it'll store as brown fat which is about a hundred times denser and tighter in, um, in uh, its storage uh, capacities um, so there's uh, brown bears for example are a great example they store all this extra weight but they don't really get that much bigger they do but the, it's more like dense dense weight and that brown fat is perfect fuel it's not actually a toxin fat white fat that jelly fat that's you know cellulitis and all that stuff that's all toxin fat that's white fat it's all jelly fat it's not a lot of energy in it um and when you do detoxify it that's why people when they lose a lot of weight their breath stinks and like they uh they you know a lot of time a lot of times they can feel irritable and things like that um especially if they're like uh, ketogenic fasting which is extremely you know um unfortunately toxic to the body it is uh that's a whole another show but the thing with 
um, toxin fat is, and especially like the raw milk fasting, it carries those poisons out of the body, those toxin fats, and it helps you to excrete these poisons. You'll see them like he's seeing, you know, with the white tongue and uh, the um, a little bit of vomiting sometimes, but that's okay. That will go away, and those disagree symptom, disagreeable symptoms will remedy themselves in a few days. Um, and that happens a lot of times on the smoothie diet too, especially when I put people on the diet and they have never been on a raw foods diet for, you know, they've eaten raw meals, but they've never been on a raw foods diet for a couple of days. They'll have those, that, those pushback symptoms. Yeah. And after that, they feel like a million bucks. So, um, he's seen deafness unexpectedly, unexpected, unexpectedly cured by the combined diet and bathing while undergoing treatments for other diseases. Um, yeah, blindness, um, the proper way to take the bath is to have enough water to smerge all the body except the face and lie at a perfect ease with all muscles relaxed and the shoulders supported by the sloping head of the tub uh, or some contrivance such as a water bag, air cushions, or canvas strap. So do not keep the head bent forward at an unnatural angle to keep it out of the water. Uh, I think the minimum time for a milk diet course should be four weeks. That's minimum. Three weeks should be devoted to the rest cure. So doing nothing, literally, but resting. Uh, you know, maybe TV and and, and uh, stuff like that. Uh, you know, he says don't read, don't do not, don't do anything. But this is in 1920, so you know, I mean, like TVs. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody had TVs there, pretty much. But um, three weeks should be t- devoted to the rest cure, and the remaining week will be sufficient to gradually get the patient up and on solid food. In a considerable number of cases, patients may. Patients may. Uh, continue using milk as a diet if their circumstances permit after resuming their occupations or ordinary habits. I have letters from different people who state that they have lived on milk for long periods. So get this. Uh, I love this. Often several years. And in one case, 21 years. In another case, 50 years. All these persons began to use milk for some serious ailments, and yet every one of them seems to be in a state of vigorous health and vitality. Now, this is proof that raw milk is a perfect food. This is it right here. So listen up. So the case of Dr. Hermann Schwartz, an Austrian physician who has lived on milk exclusively for 23 years. It is interesting, as from all accounts, he is in the best health and strength. He is said to take three gallons daily, one of the best public speakers on the Pacific coast, and has lived wholly on raw milk for four years. Oh, that's another one, sorry. One of the best public speakers on the Pacific coast has lived wholly on raw milk for four years. Uh, I just received, and this is 1913, by the way, I just received the following letter from Mr. W.F. Kitzel of North 3rd Street, Burlington, Iowa. Quote, I have lived on strictly milk, uh, raw milk diet for the past 42 years, not as a matter of choice, but from the fact that I am unable to take solid food of any kind, even a crumb of bread. At the age of two years, I took a dose of concentrated lye, which caused a stricture of the food pipe, and since then I have lived on a, a raw milk diet, and I believe have gotten along better than any man who eats. I am five feet, six inches tall, weigh 140 pounds, and I am married and have four strong, healthy children. I take one quart of each mealtime, core at each mealtime and none between meals. My health is good. In fact, I've never been ill in bed in 42 years. This case is so interesting and instructive that in preparing the 10th edition of my book in 1921, I wrote to Mr. Ketzel, who occupies a responsible position in his city, and asked him for more particulars of his case. He was very kindly giving me the following data. He is still living on an exclusive raw milk diet and will do so for the balance of his life. It is now 50 years since he has tasted solid food of any kind. His only diet being one quart of milk three times a day. He never took more than his amount, and he may have taken less when a child, but he does not drink much water, not a gallon. He doesn't drink uh, not even a gallon of water a year because he's drinking raw milk, right? Um, mm-hmm. Never gets dry. In the 50 years, he has never been confined to a bed by illness, and physically it is a, he's as strong as any man doing office work. Mr. Ketzel is convinced that most of his ills 
of most of the ills of life are caused by eating improper foods. And I have to agree with them. Yeah, <laughs> That's what Dr. Yeah. Dr. Forder yeah. says, and, and me also too, let me add in, I have to agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> so regarding his bowels, uh, he states that he has absolutely no trouble. They move twice a day, each day, regular as a clock. At one time, Mr. K was acquainted with Mr. Castle of Chicago, who was in the same condition from the same cause and also living exclusively on milk. I would like to hear from Mr. Castle. Uh, the small amount of milk that Mr. Kitzel finds ample for his needs is surprising to me. As he began the diet when an infant, he's accustomed himself to an amount that would, according to my experience, be inadequate for an adult. Now, I had a note on that. So, he just said right here, The small amount of milk that Mr. Kitzel finds ample for his needs is surprising to me. As he began the diet when an infant, he accustomed himself to an amount that would, according to my experience, be inadequate for an adult. Now, this guy's 5'6", first off, he's 140 pounds, so he's kind of small, but uh, that's, you know, typically that's all the genetics a lot, of people, a lot of times. But he has a perfect foundation, in my opinion, so this is my thing. He has a perfect foundation, so no extra need for healing, right? Yeah. If you've got 42 years or 50 years of raw milk in you and you've never needed to detoxify, why would you need extra ingredients to help heal? So I believe that, that that's a reason why, and also, too, he's probably accustomed his stomach and energy expenditure to be as absolutely perfect as possible. All right. So, um... Or, and then Dr. Porter says, or are adults using too much food? So if milk can be taken often enough, one can endure more cold than any other diet. I have lived in open air in winter with patients where we had to thaw the milk before we could use it. You can get more energy and heat out of a quart of milk than an Eskimo can out of a pound of blubber. I can state here as a positive fact that an immense amount of physical or mental labor may be done on a milk diet. A young friend of mine lived on about five quarts of milk per day doing, during two, two terms of college, just before graduation, and won second honors in a class of over 300 and finished in fine physical condition. His board cost him about $10 per month. Professor Weir Mitchell in the book Fat and Blood. Uh, page 125 says, I have seen several times active men, even laboring men, live for long periods on raw milk with no loss of weight, but large quantities have to be used, two and a half to three gallons daily. And uh, here's a little anecdotal thing here. It says, my husband is a lumberjack, selectively harvesting wood for a uh, living behind a chainsaw. He has found that drinking three or four quarts of raw milk a day while on a regular diet gives him more than enough energy to fill to fulfill the physical demands of his labor-intensive job. Mm -hmm. He has said, quote, before making use of raw milk in my diet, my energy level was much lower. Additionally, when sore muscles set in, he has found that drinking colostral whey before bed alleviates the soreness by morning. So uh, the, the colostrum, which is the first milking, and then, of course, you separate it off and you get the whey, which is more or less the watery protein part. Mm -hmm. uh, a gentleman, a diabetic, was under my observation for 15 years, during the whole of which time he took no other food but milk and carried on the large and prosperous business. Milk may, therefore, be safely asserted to be a sufficient food in itself, even for an adult, if only enough of it be taken. A gifted writer, Miss Ella Wheeler Wilcox, wrote to me as following in 1905, quote, I believe in the milk diet because I have taken it with results so marvelous and so beneficial that all Mr. Rockefeller's money could not repay me. Were I deprived of the knowledge that I had gained by my experience? I just want to say something on that, too. If I said to you, Derry, I said, I'm going to give you $10,000, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to give somebody else next to you $10,000. And I'm going to say, ye, the ne guy next to you, I'm just going to give him the $10,000. And I say, Derry, I'm going to need you to read this book. And then you'll get $10,000. At the end of that time, you'll both have $10,000. Yeah. But who's better off? Me. Yeah. You got the knowledge, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really the big thing with, you know, these people, there's a lot of people out there that want to look for miracle cures and okay. they want to get this quick cure. They want to go yep. and do things that, uh, they, they don't want to put in the hard work. They didn't want to put the hard work in, but they don't want to earn it. And your body cannot do things without earning it. You yep. can't, 
So there's people that do like baking soda cures, you know, uh, yeah. uh, hydrogen peroxide cures, things or like that. Or all these protein powders and all these... Well, mix, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if it don't come from the earth, yes, yeah, yeah. If yeah, it don't yeah, come yeah. from the earth yeah. and it's not raw, I, I don't put it in my body. The, the point with the whole quick, you know, quick cures is like the, the baking soda diet, like a baking soda cure, like for cancer. Yeah, you can, you can totally just eliminate cancers in like a week or two. But guess what? They come back two, three, four times as strong within mm-hmm. a month. Like they just ravage your body because you're flushing out inappropriately things that are not supposed to be moving out of the body like that and you're stirring up all this poisonous tissue and there's no nutrition to back up this rapid detoxification so you're just eliminating things uh and matter of fact a lot of times you're not you're altering the ph you're adjusting the 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 tissues you're making things appear like they're good you're dressing up again the shitty house you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's still really garbage underneath um so there's no nutritional solving uh, if somebody is cheating like that, you know, and I say cheating. Uh, sometimes it can be something where you can pull yourself out of a really bad situation by doing something really desperate like that. But in the end of the day, the person will never nutritionally change, so therefore the result is still the same. They might not die that week, but they'll die two, three weeks later. Mm-hmm. For folks I have, I have some who still have cancer. They've had the same cancer for five or six years that were supposed to die two, three weeks after they came and saw me. Yeah. You know, and they were supposed to die two or three weeks after they came and saw me. They're still alive five years later. Unfortunately, they're at an age where their body just will not get rid of it. But guess what? Their body has completely encapsulated those tumors and protected them from their cells. So they're living with tumors in their body, but they're not damaging to anything because they're not growing anymore, in fact. That's, uh, that's... They're just catacombed. And, you know, people, I've still got cancer just you're alive who cares you yeah, know what i mean like yeah. who cares like as long as you eat this way it doesn't really matter just live your life you know what mm-hmm. i mean you, if, you, if you're symptom free what does it matter i could have cancer all over my body but i don't feel i don't feel like it who cares you yeah. know what i mean like yeah p- people yeah. need to understand cancer is not something and that's one thing with the cancers is that people think oh my god i got cancer i'm gonna die it's it's that you know if you do the raw foods that you'll die probably later than anybody else that dies mm-hmm. in the united states you know you'll live to 75 80 years I wish, old um, i wish a lot of the cancer patients that i would know uh, this stuff yeah i wish they would um mm-hmm. it's sad to see some some people just go my my son's mom just passed away from cancer and yeah um it was you know that was hard for them and the, the chemo it, and radiation yeah. solution is the poisonous tissues are being poisoned even more and mm-hmm. then the body chronically metabolically wastes it dumps everything that's why chemo and radiation appear yeah. to work and then the person dies uh you know 90 percent of them die within about uh, four to five years yeah and they die of the chemo and the radiation treatment yeah it was sad i mean there's so many people around here that are passing away from it and i there is a cure mm-hmm. there is a cure i wish they would, thousands of them yeah i wish they yeah. would just open their eyes and yeah see it through and yeah. don't think of it as the end yeah yeah try to open another door and another path to you know and and like it's a it's a healing it truly is because your body is neutrifying the thing that caused the well the deficiency and the toxicities are the reason that that cancer is there in the first place and it's a life-saving mechanism your body does to store garbage if you keep feeding that garbage supply though that's where cancers disrupt nearby organs. They just they push they push up into things and they disrupt and block blood flow. They themselves are not deadly. They themselves are not deadly. The body is properly harnessing, utilizing toxicities via yeast. It's an oxygen deprivation state, uh, but it's not in itself harmful. The cancer is not harmful. But if you go ahead and biopsy and spill those dead cells all over the place, you dump them into the immune system. You you 
prematurely expose those cancer cells to the immune system, the immune system now has to deal with it. It's like, ah, oh, great. You know what I mean? Like uh, the garbage spilled over into the street. Now, now the neighbors have to come up and clean mm-hmm. the place up or else the neighborhood looks like crap. You know, the neighbors now have to deal with your problem and that's not, you don't, you don't want to put that on your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's really the cancer is a safe site to put toxins. It's just them. a trash bag. It's just a trash bag. We and just then, keep and, talking about that. And then what do humans do? They, you know, they go to the doctors and they poison the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Ah, the neighborhood's going to pay now. You know what I mean? The, yeah, the whole city, yeah. the whole country's going to pay. You know what I mean? You're going to poison the entire body for mm-hmm. something that you did. Unfortunately, most people, they, they earn their, their cancers and they mm-hmm. take years and years and years and years to earn them. They earn them very well. Um, but well, the, that's like myself. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a perfect walking mm-hmm. example we of all what are, not to do, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I poisoned my liver for years and... Mm-hmm. I almost passed away and now I'm, I opened my eyes and just changed my diet and doing things differently and yeah. feeling great. Well, you earned yourself a uh, healing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're, you're, you're not uh, diabetic anymore. So, yep. um, uh, let's see here. So a man of my acquaintance who destroyed his digestion by years of wrong la- habits has lived for the past fi- last five years in perfect health and strength on milk alone. He's able to work more hours with less fatigue than any of his acquaintances. He possesses a marvelous complexion and is never ill. Another friend who has been a hopeless invalid for ten years through complications of disease has lived on milk for three years and finds herself perfectly well now unless she attempts to return to solid foods. A dozen skilled physicians failed to give her even three days of health until she gave up foods for milk. 17 other personal friends restored their health and the ability to digest a natural varied diet by taking the milk treatment for a few weeks where it is the intention of patients to keep on the milk diet for a very long excuse me for very long after stopping the rest cure it is advisable for them to take larger doses at less frequent intervals some patients who had been a long time on a half hour schedule with a uh, with a corresponding amount of milk have said that they found it difficult to eat enough food at one time to last them until the next meal. There is usually no difficulty in taking twice the regular quantity of, of raw milk every hour instead of every half hour as much uh, excuse me there is usually no difficulty in taking twice the regular quantities of milk every hour instead of half as much every hour. This gives more time between drinks for exercise or business affairs, and I think tends to fit the stomach better for the distension of a regular meal when ordinary diet is resumed. Ah, you know what? I wasn't supposed to keep reading that. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I totally ignored the unhighlighted portion. All right, next. Uh, <laughs> a course of four weeks should ordinarily be sufficient to cure any of the following diseases. So we're going to go over some of the things that... Uh, Dr. Porter had success with, success with and, and pretty much there wasn't anything that he didn't tackle and didn't have success with, so let's just keep that in mind. So, here we go. Nervous prostration, general debility, auto-intoxication, mild skin troubles such as pimp, pimples, eczema, sallowness, wrinkles, etc., simple anemia, cataract, biliousness, ringing in the ears, pleurisy, constipation, dyspepsia, indigestion, asthma, hay fever, piles, insomnia, ulcers of the stomach, colitis, ulceration of the bowels, goiter, malaria, arterial sclerosis, neuralgia, neurasthenia, acidity of the stomach, chronic appendicitis, arthritis, urticaria, or hives, cystitis, carbuncles, diarrhea, dysentery, dilation of the stomach, gastritis, gout, impotence, neuritis, lumbago, sciatica, migraine, leucorrhea, enlargement of the prostate gland, tobacco, morphine, and cocaine habits, gallstone and liver disorders, rheumatism, kidney disease, and the first stage of consumption. In colitis, if the condition of the stools do not indicate that the bowels are perfectly healed at the end of four weeks, the diet and rest should be continued longer, but the amount of milk taken may be decreased about one-third, and buttermilk may be substituted for some of the sweet milk if it agrees. Tons of people have colitis. And uh, healing in four weeks. 
you know, uh, smoothies, I typically can get colitis and I'll send people symptom free in about two. Uh, but uh, complete healings like Crohn's and diverticulitis mm-hmm. and things like that, about three months, 90 days. Um, so raw milk fasting, you know, he's doing it in four to, you know, uh, about four weeks for colitis. Uh, you know, Crohn's wasn't around then, but I can imagine that he would have had just the same same success in a little longer time. In more advanced cases of consumption or other chronic organ diseases, organic diseases, the diet can be continued as long as visible improvement is made or until cured. It may be well to say here that there are crises that come on in the course of the treatment due to the revolution that is taking place in the body. None of them is an indication to stop the melt. Quite the contrary. The most common formerly was an eruption on the skin of the face, body, or limbs. It's usually coming out during the second or third week. I have left. I have seen large pimples and boils, but none that have ever left a scar. Since I have been using the raw Holstein milk exclusively, these eruptions do not occur except in patients who have previously been afflicted with them. We do not use Holstein milk exclusively, and we did not experience these eruptions. Um, that was a note, sorry. We did not use Holstein milk exclusively, and we did not experience these eruptions. Rheumatic patients nearly always have some of the customary symptoms or pains in the parts affected, but usually only once. There's some of your questions right there. Rheumatic patients. Um, I wish to speak particularly of crises occurring in special organs that are or have been the seat of disease. You may think there is a recurrence of the disease, but do not have the slightest fear. After the inflammation or excitement has subsided, the part is always in better condition and probably probably entirely healed for the first time. Uh, And these are some notes here. We clung to these words as we witnessed and experienced the healing crisis. In the case of asthma, it did appear as a recurrence of the disease. However, the breathing was never obstructed or labored as in the actual disease, and my daughter's heart never raced during an episode as it always had in the real disease. So remember, especially during the time of the healing crisis, to make use of the warm baths. So if you're having a little trouble, hit the bath up when you're doing this raw milk fast. Uh, Dr. Porter found baths more effective than all other forms of warm healing such as, uh, this is my notes here, such as infrared saunas steam, as none encompass or pull or detoxify and prevent reabsorption like uh, warm baths. So just a couple more minutes here. Um, and that's the end, isn't it? It looks like, do I have more highlighting? I've got more highlighting. That just keeps going. But, you know, <laughs> we can do another show on it. Because yeah, I, I, well, I do want to do another show yeah. on it. I mean, I, I love the information later. you're given because... I love this book. Man. I want to... I far. need to get that book. And I need to start pushing that. Um, I need to start pushing that diet. Um, well, I mean, learn it first and yeah, then, then, yeah, then do yeah. that. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I said i got to get that book and then... Um, no, I mean, I mean, like, do this, but get the milk. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, experience, do it myself. Experience the raw milk healing for yourself, and then yep. it, once you get comfortable with it, then, you know, start talking about it. But um, we'll do next week, uh, two weeks from now. Uh, no, next week, because we've we got to get back to normal schedules. Five yeah. Thursdays in this month. So we yeah. did the first Thursday, third Thursday, and fifth. So we'll start on the first Thursday. So we'll do next week. Uh, but we'll talk about, we'll finish that part of the, like, uh, different healing experiences yeah. and different notes. And then I want to talk about why it heals. Okay. I want to talk about all the science behind the, and this was stuff that he figured out in the early 1920s and 30s about all the different things that raw milk has in it. That It, it basically is like doing a blood swap. Mm-hmm. And um, if the blood is healthy, everything in the body is perfect. Um, the cellular fluids, the extracellular fluids, uh, the interstitial fluids, the intracellular fluids, everything is healthy. Because the blood's happy, the lacteals, I mean, the uh, lymphatic system is happy. Uh, 
you know, your blood system is your circulatory system, your, your, your so-called immune system is your lymphatic system, you know, um, and it really it's immunity from chemicals and poisonous foods and things like that. That's, that's what immunity is. It's not about bacteria and viruses, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just a byproduct. They are an association. They are not a causation. Um, so questions or anything like that, uh, classes, uh, um, maybe what that's going to be about or... Yeah, I would love to know more about your classes. Um, so Monday we're going to be doing class and uh, the topics. Um, probably going to do like an intro topic to get everybody back in. Hopefully, if there's new people that show up, then uh, we'll be doing. I'll cover um, like what, how does this work? You know, what are we uh, doing to heal this, that, and the other thing? And people hopefully will come to me with questions on. You know, I've got this problem. I, you know, for five bucks, you never get more information from anybody else. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I you mean, come for that hour. We, we sit here for two hours and we discuss certain things and I'm just absorbing it all and I just let you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Andrew is a walk-in... Dictionary, maybe? Dictionary. Some or, health stuff, yeah. Um, encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. <laughs> but um, he's taught me so much and I'm hoping everybody out there has learned as much as I have through these shows and we're just going to keep plugging away man there's and, so much fun to cover and there has <laughs> been um some distractions today and it's <laughs> all right brother. but um I i'm hoping should... i'm hoping soon within the next week or two yeah. um we will have a perfectly soundproof room and um well i mean this is the thing with the everything that anybody does you hone your skills and your craft and you improve yeah. upon it you know yeah. what i mean you're better than you were that you always learn from your mistakes yeah. And, yeah. um so like uh, i've seen people that i've done shows with like um or not done shows, but listened to um, on on um, on YouTube, and like I've watched them grow over the years. Like I, I love all the conspiracy stuff, so I get yeah. it. I learned just. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't believe in some kind of conspiracy of some yeah, kind. Like right? if you think your government is telling you one hundred percent truth, if you think that you know, like there's not like a, they're, they're not putting fluoride in the water, or there's not spraying the skies, or you know uh, something's bullshit. Maybe you're up about global warming yep. or creation versus evolution or whatever it doesn't matter 9-11 uh, anything you moon landings if you're thinking that you know the government's not deceiving you in some way then you're off your rocker but if you are seeing people over the years and they started you know especially in these last five six years um seven years where youtube really started cracking down on all this stuff like everybody that i've been listening to has been really improving upon it and figuring out ways around this stuff mm-hmm. and we're doing the same thing and as we're doing it we're all i mean to, to be honest the, this would not probably be our calling if all this crap wasn't happening. Yeah, We'd right? be doing some regular 9-to-5 job or something like that if there wasn't so much deception and bullshit going on. But we are the souls, mm-hmm. you know, me and you and all these other people yeah. that are called to do this stuff. And we approve upon And it just so happens make everything better. I, I, everything came full circle for me in the last year with my health and then um, radio, everything being reintroduced to my life because I used to do this long time ago. And uh, just DJing and love of music and stuff like that. But it always was medicine for me with the music and the stuff. And you're a musician. You know exactly what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And I used to listen and just absorb all of that and go to concerts and do all the stuff that helped me get through a lot of stuff. Right. You know, and um, and then uh, everything came full circle when I came back from uh, broadcasting school and uh, from college and came back and i was a you know i was chefing it up down there and i loved it and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden i couldn't pay the bills doing this so incorporate everything and now we're doing a healing show where we're healing people with foods my smoothies i mean this is (laughs) 
This is um. It's God ordained, brother. This is uh, just somebody up there yeah. is like, here, push yeah. me in this direction. Put you know. Well, I and told right. you, I prayed like I was after CKON mm-hmm. and the whole crap there, and they're censoring me. I said, I, Lord, please, you know, bring somebody in my yeah. life that can like uh, just elevate this whole scene, and we can uh, remedy this situation. And I can get another radio yeah. show or whatever, and then not even like a day or two later. I get a message that you were out there and <laughs> yeah. uh, I had no idea. Okay. So I'm like, all right, let's yeah, do this. And this then... is, this is awesome stuff, man. And, um, you know, always, uh, like uh, classes start on Monday, stop in a healthy way. 6 PM, uh, five bucks and, uh, seven or six to like seven, 15, seven 30 depends. Uh, but, uh, come in, ask questions, learn a lot. Um, I mean, most of the topics, uh, more or less are just going to be geared towards like a lot of the stuff we do on the radio show. But we're going to talk like real nitty gritty stuff, vaccines. We're going to talk all sorts of crazy stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of times it's really detailed. And um, but it's there because you're able to interact with me. You can stop me and say, oh, what about this? What about that? So a lot of people um, need that information. And they, you know, every show, there's probably a million questions too to want to ask and answer. Yeah, there's a million uh, questions I'd like to answer, but I don't want to get you off topic Mm -hmm. while we're interacting here because you you're on a mission to get that book out and i need to hear that that the raw milk diet and i can't wait to actually implement it into my diet so mm-hmm. but i noticed right away i'm drinking kefir the probiotic mm-hmm. um i noticed like you mentioned um you're not thirsty when i do my smoothies yeah. with that kefir yeah i don't crave water as much yeah, I barely, barely drink water. I might have like a half a cup a day, mm-hmm. um, if unless I'm working out. And then, well, I, I I take that back because I work out. I drink like probably a, a cup or two a day. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not and I don't do a day where I work out, uh, I actually really don't need water. Mm-hmm. Um, I because that. I'm, I've got it from all my raw foods and uh, um, the milk. Milk is I think like what's ninety percent water or something like that, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's it's very very much water but it's all ionically and organically molecularly perfect uh so it's it's perfectly associated with minerals and enzymes so it's going to saturate and hydrate every single cell in your body perfectly in water unfortunately most people they're drinking water the reason why they're doing it is because they're trying to catch up and resaturate all the cooked foods they ate and that's why they're yeah, chugging down so much water i had a egg roll bowl on my special today so <laughs> but i didn't overdo it with um the soy sauce and right right I mean, I cooked from natural state, and I mean, it was raw. You're thirsty afterwards, afterwards, though. But, yeah, you still get thirsty, of course. If I eat a cooked food meal, I got to drink a ton of water. Like, if I go out to Chinese, which is, like, my I love Chinese food, man. Like, (laughs) if I I go down to Plattsburgh or somewhere, like, at Watertown, like, Chinese, man, like, I got to have it. uh, It's my my thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I'll go there, and I'll just make sure I, like, I'm going to go all out, you know what I mean? Like, three three plates or something like that, you know? (laughs) We're hitting the buffet, and we're closing it. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I'll drink a half gallon of water after I get done, almost a gallon of water within about two hours, because I'm so just like thirsty yeah. and all the salt and all that yeah. i mean it's terrible for you but you know if you're gonna go go big go go big but then <laughs> then i'm i'm a good boy for the rest of the month yeah, you know what i mean like yeah. I, all raw and organic and everything like that yeah. but anyway uh so yeah that's yeah my show. well that's um you know always always great to have you andrew and so informative and we're looking forward to next week's show as always yep uh, maybe uh, sooner well, Thursday at three, uh, but uh, yeah. healthy way at Monday. Monday, uh, Monday yeah. at um, at six p.m. Um, store closes and we do class. So, stop in, and we'll talk about raw foods and healing. Yep, and coming up shortly, we got Kathleen Surtees. Uh, 